One thing I've been working on as an entrepreneur, especially of a software company, is to not let the doubts in my mind take over. There are so many times where Capture just refuses to cooperate. The number of bugs that we battled since going live from people not being able to sign in to not being able to subscribe to not getting their outputs. It actually feels never ending. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle to not let the doubts in my mind take over because my mind tells me a lot of things, things like People hate Cap Show. We're never going to be able to make this work. How did I think I was ever able to do this? Or I'm just not good enough. Any of these sound familiar to your own situation? And I am forever grateful to our early adopters who can see the vision for Cap Show, who has been in the trenches with us from day one, who has battled with us and for us, who has not given up on who we can be. And one such person who has had our back is Adam Lamb, a Capshow Collective member. One of the most memorable interactions we've had with Adam is when he was trying to initially sign into our beta platform and couldn't. He hopped on a call with Bonner and patiently did all the things. He cleared his, his cache. He tried every single type of browser, Chrome, Edge, probably also Firefox. He tried every single device he had. He tried signing up with another account. And of course, the old incognito trick nothing was working. He has been through it all with us. And that is why I am so delighted that he agreed to join me on the Grow My Podcast show to talk about how he 4 x his podcast downloads from 350 to over 1,700 in just one month. My name is Deidre Shen, CEO and co-founder of Capshow, the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter. And this is the Grow My Podcast show. Hey you, welcome to this very special episode of the Grow My Podcast show. I am so honored to have Adam Lamb here, who is one of our very active Cap Show Collective members. And the reason I had to have Adam on this podcast talking to you is because, as you'll soon hear, he is one of us, a podcaster just trying to grow his podcast. And he has. In the space of one month, he went from an average of 350 downloads a month to now over 1,700 downloads a month. I am so excited to dig into his three secret secrets of how he's done this. Now, Adam is a podcaster who serves the culinary community, specifically helping executive chefs to enjoy their careers without sacrificing their lives. Leadership is not taught to chefs. Very often they're just handed a pair of keys and okay, now you're the executive chef, which everybody dreams of, but once they get it, they're completely out of their element. And I had gone through that process. So having spent 30 years in the industry, I have an intimate knowledge of those kind of emotional traps that exist. So in 2014, I started this podcast, Chef Life Radio. I was dating a, a woman from Canada. I was actually living in Toronto and didn't have a work permit. So I thought to myself, what am I gonna do with my time? Yeah, let's start a podcast. And in 2014, there was, there was no structure. There was nothing. Like I had to teach myself WordPress and then all the subsequent parts that went into there, like having a host like Blueberry and things of that sort. And it started off as a drunken love letter, to be frank, to the people that I missed. I had worked with this really incredible crew for about a year and a half. And so it was kind of a tease. I had used all kinds of different things like Mixer and a couple other apps to stream live or to, to do it as a recorded podcast. And then I realized that 
it could actually serve a deeper purpose, which was to, to talk about the lack of leadership. And for me, it's actually mentorship and what that actually means for mature professionals in our industry. Cause most of us are kind of trained, shamed and conditioned to be really great managers. But when it comes to leading people, we don't know what we can manage numbers. It's just, I was never taught how to lead. So I'd actually go outside of the industry and go to coaching courses and, and things of that sort, and then come back to the industry to, to make it a place where for lack of a better word, it could be kind of a, each kitchen could kind of be a crucible of greatness where people are actually mentored in a way that, that they feel seen, they feel valued. And yet the job still got to get done. Standards need to be applied. So I came up with a series of 10 episodes called how to be a better chef predicated on the idea of like, okay, you have two chefs of equal, equal knowledge. What makes one worthy of follow being followed and the other one not? And everybody kept saying leadership. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of a red herring. Like what are the, what are the actual ways of being that are exhibited that would make you want to follow somebody? So that's how it kind of broke down. Use that as a pivot to coach culinary professionals. And I don't know if you've met many chefs, but we're a pretty stubborn sort. <laughs> so after a while, I kind of just ran out of juice, to be frank. I even let the URL pass. And then I was fully employed during COVID and saw what was happening to the industry wholesale. And I thought, okay, so if we've got all these people who have left the industry and now they have to make a decision whether to come back or not. And for all of those who, you know, stand tall and frosty and doing the best job that they can during that time, you know, it, it was bad enough during COVID, but then when, when the, when the lockdown got lifted, everybody ran out because as human beings, we have this desperate need to be in connection and relationship with people. And, you know, Zoom's nice, but it's so much better to be around a table. So I wanted to, to provide a real service to the community that I love. And that kind of spurred me to reiterate the podcast. And when I did that two years ago, I pretended like I didn't know anything. Like, I'm not going to assume anything. So there was another program, an accelerated course that I was in that taught me some foundational principles around you know, who are you actually serving? How do you actually language that? How do you go finding your audience? How do you, you know, a lot of the similar things that you talk about on this show. And so I was kind of making some headway a little bit and wasn't getting much traction. Part of it was my inconsistency in it because to be frank, I got a little depressed during all podcasters go through that valley of despair where you're putting in all this work. Did you want to see the instant gratification? And funny enough, that's something that affects the the hospitality industry, because most of us are, are so used to that instant gratification. You put out a great plate, you have guests who are fawning over you, you know, and you get used to that. So to kind of delay the gratification, meaning, you know, you put in all the work now so that you reap the benefits later, that's kind of a new concept for me and something that I had to work internally from. So I was just sitting there minding my own business on the email platform. And I get this email about this product going into beta. Didn't really know what it was about. As a writer, I've used other AI platforms, which have been, you know, kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it's freakishly accurate. And sometimes you have to keep clicking that refresh button until something comes out that makes sense. And when I understood what CAPTCHA was all about, I was like really excited because again, between recording and editing and all, and now you got to do all your marketing, Sometimes for me, I lost the thread of what I was actually talking about, what actually, what my why was. So to put in a recording into this platform and have it come back in all these different iterations, I was like, holy cow, 
like just show titles, right? Everybody knows that you should have a compelling show title. But I think all of us, or I can own it and say, I thought that I had a pretty good strategy for what a title should look like and how it would engage with my audience. And then when I started seeing a couple of examples of what Capshow brought back, I had to think completely differently about what I was trying to achieve because they were really beautiful <laughs> to the point where, you know, not that it was shaming me or anything. It's like not going to replace me, but it was a great adjunct to, to what I was trying to achieve. And as such, it's been so much a part of my workflow that now before I do anything else, other than have my co-producer kind of go dig out the gold nuggets and assemble it in a way, now I can start doing overlays and stuff, is I will go ahead and put it in Capshow, let it come back to me, and then allow that to kind of inform how I'm going to language the mid-roll, how I'm actually going to do the show notes, all these different things. And to be honest, it's like getting a candy store. You're like, oh, there's so many opportunities. Like, where do I start now? <laughs> do you see why Adam is so awesome now? Obviously, I'm not biased. I'm not biased. But, you know, anyone who's a fan of Capture is a rock star in my books. Okay. Okay. Back to being serious. Part of the struggle with podcasting is we get told to do a lot of things, which Adam found out when he came back into podcasting. There's different theories around how often you should publish, you know, is consistency really the issue or those kind of things. And it, I think it all comes back down to, are you producing quality content and how are you engaging your listeners? How, how are you engaging that community? And I'm still kind of in discovery of that. I just found a platform that I'm moving all my websites to that has a whole bunch of integrated processes around it so that the community actually stays in the community as opposed to being on Facebook and kind of getting it watered down. You don't own the content and all that kind of stuff. So I was averaging, you know, probably about 300, 350 downloads per episode. I use Captivate. They're my host. They use, I think, the IAB standards. So they're looking at this, <laughs> the same IP address and the same downloads. So if there's somebody who's, you know, downloading eight times, they count that as one because that kind of prevents bots and things of that sort. So I was kind of watching those numbers. I was felt good about the reach that I had considering kind of how niche my market is. And then I started incorporating Capshow into the workflow, started using like, okay, so show titles. I would look at that and go, there's no way I'm gonna put that. That's not gonna be my show title. Okay, well, why not? Well, why don't you just try? And then, so I went from about 300, 350, which from my understanding is about 80% of the podcasters experience, but they average somewhere between 300 and 400 downloads. And so to come back and go, okay, I'm gonna try the title. Let me just put the title in, like, what could it hurt? So I went from about, about 300 to 350 downloads to 1,700, 1,800 downloads in the space of about two episodes. So I, I published twice a week or twice a month and gave me so much juice that I actually developed two other shows that I'm now doing. One is in a partnership with someone else. It starts as a live stream and there's some conversion and stuff like that, which makes it really easy for the workflow. And another one's kind of a 15 minute bespoke. It's just me and the listener as opposed to an interview process. So. And I looked at this month and the numbers are right on, right on the money. I mean, so right now it's the 19th of the month and, you know, I'm somewhere around 12, uh, about 1200 downloads for this particular episode and, or for the, the show. So it's, it wasn't a fluke. It was about using the tools that are available to actually engage somebody from just, you know, going through their feed and seeing something and having something grab it listen to a lot of, or watch a lot of TikTok videos and and all the influencers are like, you gotta have a hook. You gotta have something to stop them from scrolling. And so I feel very strongly that Capshow provides that opportunity for me to have someone stop and say, hey, now 
There's other things that I've been doing along to help that growth. Part of it has been now revitalized, consistently producing quality content, you know, reinvigorating my my daily engagement with potential guests in, in Facebook group. I've done a lot of work on LinkedIn in the last 90 days, and it's grown my reach by, you know, a thousand percent because as a chef, I would look at LinkedIn and say, okay, so where are the chef groups as a target? You know, where are the wadding holes? And very often those groups were, you know, recruiters, some folks overseas, you know, looking for work, please help me, sir. And it wasn't actually any conversation going on. For me, that felt like a, a lot of that was happening on Facebook. But what I didn't take into consideration was that I can reach other influencers and other people that do similar things that I do and support them as well along with that. So just in the last probably two weeks, I've had three other chefs who now want to transition into a coach consultancy position and don't really know how to do that and are asking me for tips. So I thought to myself today, hmm, career clarity. How about a culinary career clarity course <laughs> or, or yeah. free consultation? But it's just like part of this unfolding that for a lot of it, I didn't necessarily really expect. And I was just kind of following the threads. And now even, you know, we were talking before we got on here about the fact that, oh my gosh, now you can get LinkedIn posts. Are you kidding me? Like you have no idea. I would spend two hours trying to come up with an engaging LinkedIn post, really, in order to do it correctly and have some engagement. And and I've got the shield download, so I'll be able to track those. But I think in your previous in your announcement email, your guidance was, or you and your team's guidance was, is that wait a week after you post and then post it. And I'm thinking to myself, that's probably a good strategy for almost any type of engagement. Is you know waiting couple of days after it drops in order to keep the go engagement going because I was making the foolish step up, you know, trying to announce, Hey, going to drop on Friday. Like today's Tuesday. Like nobody's going to remember that. <laughs> Part of it was also building an engaged, uh, engaged email list as well. Right. Like having a really good call to action to get people to at least leave an email address. And to be frank, that's kind of where I'm at in kind of like the revitalization of it because you know, I have a great deal of pride in my lead magnet, but it doesn't necessarily hold traction for a lot of people. And my CTA was at the very end of the episode. And I dug into some metrics and realized that while there's a great many people who will who will listen to the entire show, there's also those folks who, you know, get to a certain point and then they just click off. As a matter of fact, there was one episode, to be frank, that got me really depressed the other day because I was looking at it and it's like, what do you mean they only listened to two minutes of it? Like, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, now I have to go back to that episode and kind of dissect it. Now, it could be the topic. It could be the guest. It could be a lot of things. And I'm not trying to chase the tail or try to chase the shiny new thing. But I do know that that is, that's my audience's way of communicating with me. And I should be so engaged in that, that I actually listen because I spent a lot of time talking to, in, in my particular case, chef, I'd probably talked to 50, 60 chefs and had a scripted, it wasn't necessarily a poll, but there were a lot of questions that I wanted to ask them in order to kind of drive what my value proposition would be to them as listeners. And most chefs are very, very busy, or at least they believe that they're very busy. So all my call to actions, everything I do has to be so, so simple that they don't necessarily have to think or look for it because if they have to, and the reason I know this is because that's been my experience too, right? You don't make it easy for me. I'm not going to go looking for it, which is, you know, kind of a drag because quality should be sought. But 
I, I get exactly where they're coming from. And my commitment to them is to assist them to get out of that. You know, I have a, a tagline that says, you know, F the grind, find your flow. Because so many chefs really pride themselves on being able to grind. I'm in the grind. I'm really doing it. And yet they're kind of forgetting that their family's waiting at home for them and that there's other things in their life. So this, this self-identification of who you are with what you do for me is, has been a trap. And I know for other people in the industry, because once that's done, what do you do? You know, because it's a limited proposition because not many of us can be so physically active for so long without there being some serious um, damage done. I've gone through two back surgeries, one neck surgery, yada, yada, yada. And it's just a consequence of being in that business and throwing myself around with without any abandon. That's why part of my coaching right now, especially to culinary professionals is, what does it look like to create healthy boundaries and guardrails for yourself and to learn how to say no? And so these are very, very powerful, heady messages that are not necessarily transferred in the podcast, although that's why the storytelling comes in because very often my guest or or the story that I'm telling actually illustrates for that them in a way that they can get as opposed to someone telling them, hey, don't do that. You know, as children, we all stuck our finger in the light socket, right? Because we we wanted that experience. So it's been it's been an incredible journey. And I can't thank you know you and your team for everything you've done. And not just for what you've done, because there are similar platforms where you can't get any support. You know, they say, no, we'll respond right away. Or, you know, putting together a YouTube video, you know, on the how-tos and then never responding to anybody in the comments. You know, that is very apparent to me that there are some companies that, that just don't walk the talk. So don't lose that. And I can promise that we never will. If you've been following along so far, you can probably tell that Adam is not only a deep thinker, coach and motivator, but he's also a learner, tester and implementer. And it's because of this approach that he's been able to 4X his download numbers in just one month. So what we're going to do is take a quick ad break. And when we come back, Adam is going to share his three secrets with you on how he's been able to do this. Are you ready to reach more people on more platforms in a lot less time with your podcast? Well, it's time to meet every podcaster's new best friend, Capture. Capture is the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter and the fastest way to market and grow your podcast. In just 10 minutes or less, Capture will turn your episode audio file into an episode title, description, show notes, social media captions for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok, a promotional email, blog post, LinkedIn article, YouTube description, and full transcript. All of the drafts it creates for you are fully editable and downloadable. All you have to do is just upload your episode audio, wait for it to generate the drafts for you, and view and edit these drafts and download them to use in all of your marketing content. But before you think that Capture is just another robot that just writes words for you, I have to tell you about what makes Capture different. You see, Capture's AI has a very robust mix of human intelligence mixed into it. Capture was created by marketers so that every piece of copy it writes for you is infused with content honey traps so that your podcast episode stops the scroll and hooks your audience in to listen. 
but don't just take my word for it. Capture is offering you a free trial so you can see the magic for yourself for your podcast. Sign up takes less than 30 seconds and nope, there is no credit card required. Just head on over to www.capshow.com and sign up for a free trial. That's www.capsho.com and sign up for a free trial today. I bet you're on the edge of your seat waiting to hear Adam's secrets on how he was able to forex the number of downloads on his podcast in just one month. I mean... I know I am. So why don't we get straight into it? The first thing I want to start with is this idea of an email list, right? And Deidre, you spoke to this on a previous episode that most of the people that you talked to had an email list. Like, oh yeah, I got something on MailChimp, but never use it actually to email anybody. I think, uh, speaking for myself only, um, I send them the the monthly newsletter and I think, well, geez, you know, that's probably all they're going to put up with, right? Like, should I really be emailing them every two weeks to tell them? Well, how how do you know if you don't know? Like, the answer is always no until you try. So I've found that actually using the the email portion of of the CapShow script works really, really well. At least, I mean, it's averaging 66% open rates. So that's got to tell you something. And it's not a huge list. But the cool thing is that I'm actually I also use that as social media posts and on other platforms, the the newsletter itself. Wow, 66 percent oh, open rate is phenomenal. In fact, we get told by the gurus that at least twenty percent open rate is what we want to be aiming for. Well, I can I can tell you using the cap show hook increased my open rate. So the open rate was somewhere around. 20 to 27%. And then consistently when I started using the those opening subject lines from CapShow, it immediately jumped to 66%. So that was a pretty clear indication. Now, I know as, as podcasters, we're trying a lot of things all the time and it's kind of hard to, you know, to correlate one thing with another. But I can tell you that that was pretty clear that that worked. I can tell you that the, that the posts whether they were on LinkedIn or I was using them in other formats, say as, you know, maybe shortened Facebook post or whatever, those engagements were way up. So I want to say that was probably a 20, 30% lift in engage and impressions. So it went somewhere from, you know, in the hundreds to, you know, gosh, I mean, there's one post. It's a very clear indicator that the metrics support that that the languaging within this particular post driven by CapShow. And listen, I get that, you know, even when the CapShow system gives you something, you want to take a second look at it, right? <laughs> because a name might be misspelled or the gender might be flipped. It's not, and the more information it's given, the better it will get. That's why it's so important for so many people to like contribute to this because it's, I hate to say organic and in, in talking about an AI system, but the more information it gets, the better it gets. So so just because it's a blog post doesn't necessarily mean I need to use it as a blog post. I might split it up into two different social media posts. As far as some of the social media tags, I've also used those on, on, on audiograms or clips from videos. So there's different ways to use the product. Um, and, and now even more so now that you've added, because previously, I think we got three different social media and now all the different social medias are in there. So I haven't really dug into it. So I'm really excited. So there are different ways to apply it. 
And there's nothing saying that you can't add on to it, right? So just because it gives you something, you go, oh, well, that's cool. I tried it. And then I thought I wanted to add a little bit something so my voice is more consistent within the, within the languaging. So it's, again, kind of this ongoing process as start to get defined more and more and more. I'm really excited at, at using the LinkedIn post or the blog post in the, in the newsletter because that, I think, is going to create some really interesting lift. And I will know that because I will actually use a teaser of that portion as kind of kind of lead into asking people to subscribe. So I'll, I'll be able to tell just by subscription rates what's working and what's not working. Nothing has made me happier than hearing how exactly Adam has been using Capture and how that has genuinely impacted his numbers across the board. The engagement in social media posts, the open rates on his emails, and ultimately the increase in downloads on his podcast. But I know that Capture is just one piece of the puzzle. And so what is another of those pieces? So it, for me, it's saving a lot of time to be able to cross post content. And I know that the current wisdom via Gary Vee and a few other people is like, you got you to be organic on the channel that you're at. Like you can't talk about LinkedIn on TikTok. I, I get that. However, to have something to start with, because it's always the hook story and then the pitch to, and uh, Kevin Schmidlin did a really great training on the Grow the Show, uh, his Grow the Show Facebook group, where he was talking about how you can actually use organic video as a way to pitch to an audiogram. I don't know about anybody in the audience, but I've used audiograms and, and videograms and things of that sort and never, never get any traction, nothing, because it's missing that organic part. And I totally get how scary it is <laughs> because it's an audio format. You're not putting your face on a video. Why, why would I do that? I can be safe back here. I don't, I could be in my pajamas, <laughs> don't have to shave. However, the way the platforms are moving, those types of those types of hooks are really, really powerful. So just even as an audio podcaster, I have the opportunity to use that video, which I think studies have shown is a heck of a lot more engagement than just a static image with a waveform. Oh, I love this tip. This is all about thinking about how to use social media differently to promote your podcast, something different than doing audiograms. Record and post a video that can be as simple as you talking about the actual episode that's just gone live. So how exactly is Adam doing this? So it's something I'm experimenting with. Now, it's just, it could be as simple as, you know, using your phone. <laughs> and, the great, and the great thing is, is if you have a Samsung, you can actually pitch it to your computer screen. So you use the back camera to film and you can actually see yourself on the screen by you want to, you know, bring down the audio. But the whole idea of it is, um, hey, listen, I'm just getting ready to go in the studio and ready to cut up this video. And I thought you'd like to look at it, boom. And then you pitch to it. It could be something very simple. Now, the algorithms have some very, very specific languaging about, you know, these are the best hooks, blah, blah, blah. Yes, you can be, you know, contrary in your, in your opening line and things like that. That's not necessarily my my voice, but I definitely want to be able to inject this idea of, I did a very simple video on TikTok where I just said, Hey, I'm just getting ready to sit down, look at everything. I'm getting ready to, and it was like literally seven seconds and it's probably got more plays than anything else on there, which has a lot of those standardized audiograms or the video clips. And I think that they still have a place. I think that there's just, you need to be able to understand the platform and understand what it's searching for and give it what you think will reach. Now, I also understand that, you know, if you're doing less than 10,000 downloads, 
per episode or per month, you want to focus on one social media platform just because it's so exhausting trying to keep up with everyone. And some folks might be drawn to TikTok. Some folks might be drawn to YouTube shorts because as you can see, standing back, everybody's chasing each other, right? So it's you know, how how do we get everybody good? And now the, the wisdom is, it's like you need to use a lot of chop shots in the videos and zooms, like in order to keep people engaged. I, you know, that's a little antithetical to my process because it's just kind of so jarring. So I need to find something that that fits within me. I still can be authentic. People can understand who I am. And part of that is utilizing YouTube because I repurpose almost all the videos onto YouTube. And just lately, they've been starting to get some good traction, which I'm really excited about being able to use the Capshow YouTube, <laughs> which I haven't done yet. And I'm like excited to do that now. We are completely here to serve and make it possible for you as a podcaster to reach even more people and to increase the longevity of your message, which is exactly how Adam is using Capshow. This, you guys, is why he's been able to have this type of success. Okay, so we have secret number one, build an email list and let them know about your new episode. Hot tip, use Capture's promotional email to help you with this. And secret number two is to promote your episode differently on social media by recording a super short video telling people about it. Simple, right? So what is Adam's third secret? The last one is using other people's shows. So had two other guys that I connected with and suggested we do a trailer swap. So that's what's happening right now. I don't necessarily, I haven't looked at the metrics, but I do know that it creates a great deal of cohesion and attraction to these guys in the, in the field. So to be able to connect with someone else doing podcasting and share their content on your stream, to me, seems like just a really honorable way to do it. And again, it exposes all of everybody into maybe a market that they hadn't thought of before. Ooh, if you've listened to episode 12 of this show, The Four Steps to Getting Unlimited Traffic to Your Podcast, then the themes Adam is talking about in his secrets may start to sound familiar. And leveraging other people's audiences is so key for you to grow your show. But I've loved how Adam has thought about this slightly differently for his own show and for those he's collaborating with on these trailer swaps. Here's how he's doing it. It depends on the podcast host hosting platform that you have. Some have dynamic ad drops where you specify when in the episode you want that to drop and it does it automatically. And very often what you can do is you can just change out the ad and it continues to drop. Some take a, a little bit more bespoke and actually edit that into their, to their episode. I find what really works for me is I take their little trailer, I do a little recording and say, hey, if you have a second, I'd really like to listen to my friend who's doing some great work. And then there's the trailer and I use that as a pre-roll. So it's the first thing they hear and then they move from there. And I always want to make sure that there's that that's, cap, that that's cap ended with and their links are in the show note, right? And use an attribution link so that if anybody's on there, they can actually just scroll down and, and find out more. So it's, I'm always nervous about putting something in the middle of a show when you've got somebody really engaged. I've listened to some podcasts, really, really, really impressive people. And there's like seven ads before you get to the podcast. It's like, I'm clicking off. I, like, I'm not even going to get to the content. So it's literally 10 to 15 seconds worth of copy of a little bit of background. And then I cap and it's about 17 seconds. I just drop it in as a, as a pre-roll. And as a matter of fact, on Sunday, we're going to switch it up to another one. So that, um, and because it's an attribution link within Captivate, you can actually see how many times it was clicked. 
So you can actually have a metric to talk to them about, hey, I've got 20 clicks for you, bro. Or because very often you never really know who's who's clicked over and who hasn't. So it's important to understand if it even works, if people are even up for that, or that it's something that they want to take action on. And it could be that, again, the topic's wrong or whatever, but the three of us felt strongly that we were kind of in the same market we're kind of about creativity, about leadership, that kind of stuff. So it already kind of worked from our perspective, but ultimately it's the audience that gets to decide. And that, you guys, are Adam's three secrets on how he has 4X'd his podcast downloads in one month. Number one, build an email list and let them know about your new episode. FYI, if you need to know about how to build an email list, if you don't quite know how to do that yet, then definitely go and listen to last podcast episode, actually, on how to do that. And secret Adam's secret number two is to take a super short video talking about your episode and use that to promote your episode on social media. And number three is find other podcasters who have a similar audience as you do and to do a trailer swap. These are so cool. I'm definitely going to start doing these too. And if you're keen to also try capture and get results like Adam has, here are some words of advice that Adam has for you. It's been so much fun watching you grow. And as I said, it's provided me an opportunity to become more reinvigorated what my mission is and whom I serve and how I do it. And so for me, it's been, yeah, it's been an incredible experience and I don't want to, you know, fall over myself because no system is perfect. And, you know, you can, I imagine that some people could go in there and go through the process with CapShow and then look at their results and say, yeah, it's just, it's not my voice or it doesn't really speak to my market or whatever that is. And my, my advice would be, what does it hurt to try? Because if most, if 80% of the, of the podcasts are stuck around three, 400 downloads, it's not that they're, it's not that their show isn't good. It's not that they don't have something to say that, will resonate with people, there's just a lot of noise out there. And it takes it takes a certain skill to be able to cut through that. You know, anybody who's ever, you know, gone through a copywriting class would understand that immediately because there's just so much out there and it's constant. So in order to stand in your space and own it like a boss, it's important that we use whatever opportunities we have to, again, kind of differentiate ourselves from the pack. And so again, I'm just looking at the next three episodes, which I uploaded yesterday and coming down to my, you know, dish pit studio here to start ready to do some e editing. And I have, and it causes me to like, have to rethink everything because I had a preconceived idea. Okay. I said, I did this episode and I thought that was because I had somebody actually a VA go through every single one of my recorded interviews and do a tape log. So I've already got a record of what's there, but it's not like again, seeing it reflected back to you. So it's incredibly powerful. Just because you give me a list or not you, but the CapShow system gives me a list of, especially like the social media headlines or the blog, even as a prolific writer, I'm thinking to myself, what blog? Like I, there's a blog on my website that I can use, but have I ever used that before? And so to believe it or not, I started two weeks ago, I actually used that blog article on LinkedIn um, as a LinkedIn article and I'm looking for ways now I've uh, created a, uh, a free newsletter. So I re recognize that that provides an opportunity to give some really good content in the newsletter. And it's really important that everybody's 
everybody exercises their voice because you never know when something could land with somebody that will change the complete trajectory of their life. This. This right here is why we do what we do. You have so much value to share with the world and we're just here to help you promote that message and have it live in the world that much longer, help you build your movement. So if you want to try Capshow for free and see how it works for you, head over to capshow.com. That's C-A-P-S-H-O.com. You can try it for free, no credit card required. And if you've loved this conversation with Adam as much as I have, here's where you can find him. Please listen to Chef Life Radio. The Line Check, Turning the Table, any one of those three podcasts, they're, they're not necessarily about the restaurant industry, but it's all about the way we're showing up in our, in both in our professional and personal lives. I'd love to have the feedback. If you found it valuable, you can always email me at adam at chefliferadio.com or meet me on Facebook or LinkedIn. And I really look forward to connecting with you. Those links are in our show notes. Thanks so much for joining us on this special episode of the Grow My Podcast show. And as always... Stay awesome.